Welcome back to Africa Science Focus, the weekly science and development show from SciDevNet. I am Ogechi Ikeanyao. Sub-Saharan Africa has the largest burden of sickle cell disease. This disease, according to the World Health Organization, is an inherited blood disorder passed down from parents to their children. Usually, parents are healthy and don't know they carry the sickle cell gene. People who have the sickle cell disease have differently shaped red blood cells that have a shorter lifespan and are not able to adequately carry oxygen to all parts of the body. This shortage of oxygen causes severe pains and infections in those affected, and the bulk of the affected people, 66% of the 120 million people affected globally, live in Africa. People with a sickle cell disease tend to fall very sick, yet countries across the region can struggle with the facilities for care of the disease. Nick Obido is the founder of the Kenya Sickle Cell Awareness Foundation. He spoke to our reporter Michael Kaloki about detection and care for people living with a sickle cell disease. In the African setup and the African uh, community, you realize that there is a lot of myths and misconceptions about diseases which usually, when a lot of communities do not understand, it's usually aligned in the sides of witchcraft or superpower or something uh, that is dreaded in the community. So you realize people who are born into families or into communities where sickle cell is highly banded, they do not come out to speak more about sickle cell disease because they do not want to be cut out. So in that, you realize that awareness of this particular disease is becoming extremely low for it to be known in a country. Is that something you have encountered personally? For example, is there someone you know who's been stigmatized as being involved in witchcraft? Uh, let me speak for myself because currently I am a caregiver to my younger sister, Davin, uh, who is also living with sickle cell and she is under my care. So growing up, she used to be quite often in hospital and it just happened that every time we rush to the hospital, it's usually past midnight. So there's no day we rush to the hospital. Uh, during the daytime so you realize that the neighbors we live in a communal uh, community here in Mombasa so our houses with you it's kind of like communal so we have a lot of people uh, living in one unit of a house but different households so what they do is that they start talking okay so being the head of the family it really got to me to a point that I had to shift places so like I had to to move from one place to another place, searching for new neighborhood that can accommodate me. This is the reason why, because when people tell you that these people are, are worshiping the devil and the devil comes to them at night and that's why you see them being sick or acting as if they're sick at night. So during the night, they, they, uh, they pretend that they're going to the hospital but they're actually going to the graveyard that night to, to pray to the devils and then come back in the morning. So that stigma really got to me to a point that I used to shift houses uh, from time to town. How do you, and to a large extent, your foundation create awareness? Okay, so what we tried to do is because we say that uh, a family unit is the best way to start uh, 
having a conversation around it. So if a family of a person who is living with sickle cell is educated and is kept aware of what sickle cell is, it will be much easier for us to use that family, all communities around that family, to create awareness for sickle cell. That's why we came up with support groups which are regional. So we have a support group for persons living with sickle cell in Mombasa, one for people living with sickle cell in the western part and the Nyanza part and also the Rift Valley part of Kenya. These support groups are so unique in such a way it carries um, a certain particular community in that area and also carry their own beliefs. So right now, let's say in Mombasa here, we have a support group for the Mombasa people and the coastal region. So we know specifically these are the traditions of persons from the coast and we use those traditions to create awareness for persons living with sickle cell within the coast. Living with sickle cell disease can have severe consequences for health. So what can be done to provide better care for people with sickle cell disease? Prebo Barango is the medical officer of non-communicable diseases at the World Health Organization. He spoke to us about the challenges of managing the disease. One is most times in most countries in the region, um, patients with sickle cell disease are diagnosed um, when they have complications. And because this is because there is no... There's absent um, newborn screening. A newborn screening ensures that children that have sickle cell disease are diagnosed very, very early in life before complications set in. And so they are able to now receive the preventive therapies to prevent these complications that they require in terms, including nutrition, immunizations and vaccinations and prophylaxis against things like malaria. Um, so newborn screening is cr crucial, uh, but newborn screening is not as, um, uh, it, it, it needs to be scaled up. That's one of the key challenge. Um, the other challenge is that um, there is um, no, no, no poor access to treatment, care, and support for people with uh, sickle cell disease. When I say poor access to treatment and care, in terms of um, medicines and uh, technologies to be able to diagnose and manage, those things are not um, usually there. So there's inadequate access to treatment. Oftentimes, patients with sickle cell have to go to um, higher level facilities in city centers and in towns that are um, that off that that. Um, means they have to uh, encounter some geographic uh, difficulties in terms of distance traveled and things like that, which makes, um, which makes it a challenge. Um, also, there's a bit of stigma. There's not a bit, there, there is significant stigma um, for sickle cell disease. Um, patients with sickle cell disease, children with sickle cell disease are often stigmatized and um, and this is this this can be attributed to low level of awareness of sickle cell disease in the population. Um, so um, that that's also a challenge. Um, even um, there is also a challenge of improving um, knowledge among healthcare professionals for signs and early early symptoms of that could be indicative of um, sickle cell crisis. So. Um, 
that ensures that they, um, they can be diagnosed early as well. So that's also another challenge. I, I, I if, yes, inadequate funding for sickle cell is a challenge. It's a huge, significant challenge because everything really depends on funds. Very few countries have um, established sickle cell disease programs. When I say few countries, I mean countries that are high burden. Um, even when they have um, sickle cell disease programs, um, budget line for managing of this. Uh, running these programs are often limited if you, if they have budget lines at all. So there's inadequate funding for sickle cell disease. And then last but not least, um, health information system data. Data is a major challenge. Data is important to be able to appreciate the whole um, extent of the problem, the magnitude of the problem. Data is important to be able to, um, to appreciate the magnitude of the problem. Data is also important in order to um, see what's being done. What measures has the World Health Organization put in place to try and manage the disease on the African continent? In 2010, um, member states um, actually adopted the regional strategy. Um, WHO um, uh, developed the regional strategy that was adopted by member states. This strategy is looking at improving healthcare provision at all levels. So strengthening health systems to be able to um, for screen of screening of newborns, training of healthcare professionals, and development of um, protocols. Protocols ensure that um, the cadre of healthcare service providers at those levels are able to look at a standardized way of um, managing, uh, diagnosing, and managing um, sickle cell disease and their complications. Um, and also to be able to refer. So um, we, we, are, we are also supporting member states to ensure that um, essential medicines, technologies are also available um, in an integrated and patient-centered manner. Um, this is quite important um, because we know that people, with, um, people that go to the healthcare facilities to seek treatment have several issues it's not a disease that comes to the hospital. It's a human being with several issues that might be interrelated. So um, we are also um, supporting member states to ensure that um, service delivery for sickle cell disease is integrated, is decentralized. Um, one of the other things also is in terms of making sure that things like penicillin and other prophylaxis for infections and the strengthening lab capacity for diagnosis and follow-up is also being done. Uh, we, are, we are supporting member states to do that. Um, we are also um, supporting um, establishment of um, patient support groups, advocacy, and things like that for patients with sickle cell disease. Carriers of the sickle cell gene can be as high as 40% of people in some areas of sub-Saharan Africa. So what impact does neglecting the condition have? Back to Nick Obido. Okay, so the future consequences of uh, neglecting this disease will mean that we lose quite a lot of people before their age of five uh, in Kenya. That is one. Two, we might have a population, uh, we might have a big chunk of population in Kenya with people with the sickle cell threat unknowingly and passing the disease uh, to the children too unknowingly. So we might lose a generation that would have would have saved uh, if we had this uh, in place so 
to me, I think uh, if the government can come, because right now there is a lot of uh, migration from the urban to urban to rural, rural to urban, and also intermarriages. So we get now that the threat is being passed from one community to another, from one person to another, and uh, and this this disease being an autosomal disease and it's very very spreading uh we might get a high number of persons living with sickle cell in kenya which might also be a burden uh to the country if not actually handling very quickly what additional measures can be put in place by governments and organizations such as yours to effectively manage the disease so we have worked uh, with the Ministry of Health of Kenya to come up with the guidelines uh, for neonatal screening. So we are going to launch neonatal screening across uh, Kenya, which means that every child who is born in Kenya will be screened at birth uh, for sickle cell disease. In this, we'll get the registry and the number for person living with sickle cell. So, so apart from that, what we need is also the government also to work with other agencies like the National Health Insurance Cover, here we call it NHF, to include persons living with sickle cell under their cover. This way, it helps us uh, reduce the burden of medications for person living medication and treatment for person living with sickle cell, and also. Uh, introduce a subsidized medication for persons living with sickle cell. This would go a long way in helping persons living with sickle cell. We've noticed, like in my line of work in the last 15 years, I've noticed that all, most people living with sickle cell are actually people who are living within the poverty line. So, so they're not quite in a, in a in a situation to help themselves when it comes to medical bills. That's all from us at African Science Focus today. If you want to find out more, head to the SciDevNet website. That's www.scidev.net. Today's show was produced by Alice Hurst, with editing by Ogechi Ekeanyao and reporting by Michael Kaluki. I'm Ogechi Ekeanyao. Until next time, goodbye. Africa Science Focus is produced by SciDevNet and distributed in association with your local radio station.